Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews in the podcast form. Today we are talking about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, a sequel five years in the making that I have personally just been dying for. Um, the first Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse broke so many boundaries as far as animation, storytelling, comic book continuity in the world of the multiverse. Um, and it did it all while introducing one of the most important Spider-Men of, uh, of all time, and that's Miles Morales, who really has been an entire generation Spider-Man, just like Peter Parker was, whether it was Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland. Um, the character of Miles Morales has made such an impact, I think, worldwide, not only just seeing a new Spider-Man, but having a, a Spider-Man who's black, a Spider-Man who is Latino, Spider-Man who encompasses so many things that obviously the original character does, but also shines a light on so many different sides of culture, of reality. Um, it was just, I mean, it blew me away the first time I saw it. And there was really nothing else kind of like it as far as feeling like you're watching a living comic book. A lot of movies have tried to do the comic book style before, whether they're using multiple panes as they tell a story, you know, certain comic transitions and things like that. But, uh, but you know, this is a movie that, I mean, there's so many different art styles. It's unbelievable how quickly the movie can change sometimes and the, the suits that you're looking at and the number of spider people that are obviously in this film is immeasurable. But each of them having their own realistic look. As so many of them, I'm like, you know, whether you know it or not, you've seen many of the spider people who are probably in this movie. Um, whether it's briefly on the cover of a comic book, a Spider-Man from an animated Avengers show, a Spider-Man from the Insomniac PlayStation games. Um, I mean, there is no limit to the spider people or spider things that we see, obviously, as we'd seen in the first film with... You know, a noir Spider-Man played by Nick Cage and, you know, Spig, Spider-Pork um, <laughs> and all sorts of, I mean, just all sorts of zany characters. So we're back. Miles Morales is back, played again by Shameik Moore. His character's almost a couple years into Spider-Man now. He's 15, almost 16. And in his real life, in his family life, he's getting ready. He's looking at colleges and his family's starting to expect a little bit more of him. You know, they want him to succeed in life. They want to set him up for the things that maybe they didn't have themselves because they know he's an intelligent kid, but they're also grappling with the fact that he's going to be leaving soon. Soon he's going to be old enough and other people are going to need him for the wonderful things that he could do with his brain and with his personality. And so there's the struggle of not wanting to let him go and suffocating him a little bit. But of course, as a 15-year-old who's also Spider-Man, obviously he just wants to be out saving the day, doing everything else until he has to do something for family. And then it gets annoying that saving the day is something he's got to do because there's always something coming up, you know, and that's very true, I think, to the character of Peter Parker and just Spider-Man in general, which is a big focus on this movie, is that there are certain character beats or there are certain things for who you are as Spider-Man that are identical across every timeline and every variation of Spider-Man. Um, and one of those things is just a horrible work-life balance. 
Um, it's what makes Spider-Man so great is because he is so helpful because he's willing to help every person along his way, big and small, no matter the task. You know, kind of like people want from Superman. He'll get your cat out of the tree. He'll do that. You know, he's got time for that. He can maybe he doesn't have time for that, but you know, he will do that for you at the expense of potentially creating some family tension, missing certain events, not being there when he really needs to. Um, so already you've kind of got that like teenage shift. He's getting old. He wants more independence. Parents want to keep him home and around more. But also he's just missing Gwen and he's missing all the spider people who finally made him feel less alone in this world, especially after he lost his uncle, who was, you know, famously the prowler in the last movie, despite being a bad guy, you know, in the end, he knew there was good in himself and, and Miles saw that. And so, you know, truly he feels alone now. So as fate should have it, Gwen, Gwen Stacy, played by Haley Steinfeld in this film, in her own universe, is experiencing issues with her secret identity and her father, who's also a police captain, or would-be police captain. And you see some of these similarities already, um, especially between the two, because I think they worked so well together in the first movie, both as characters, not even necessarily as love interests, but as two people who just share more than they could ever express, um, whose company means so much to one another, who feel like they finally have someone that understands them. Um... Gwen Stacy finds herself fighting a vulture, but it's not a vulture from her world. You know, this guy looks like he's drawn by Leonardo da Vinci and has all these, you know, it looks like he's made of straw and paper. Um, very quickly we learn, after the collider had collapsed in the first film with the multiverse and everything being strewn apart, you know, we thought we'd fixed it. I guess we haven't. There's still little cracks and villains and people from all different timelines are being sucked across and spit out all over the timeline, causing canon issues, as they're referred to in this film. And it's up to an elite task force of spider people who can navigate the multiverse and trying to neutralize these threats and put them back in their proper place. And so Miguel O'Hara, played by Oscar Isaac, is the leader of of this spider group. It also includes Jessica Drew, a pregnant spider woman who's riding around on her Akira motorbike, who's awesome. There's uh, our Spider-Man from India, played by Karan Sony. I mean, there's so many, I mean, there's just so many cool, cool different Spider-Mans. You got Hobie, played by Daniel Kaluuya, who's kind of like your Spider-Punk. Um, you know, it's just this really eclectic team who's traveling around, and for whatever reason, though, we just need to avoid contact with Miles Morales. Whatever we do, we're not in it for him. Leave him be. We got a job to do. So what happens when Gwen has to come to Miles' reality and his Earth to fight a villain that Miles has been fighting? Do you think she could stay away? Do you think that connection isn't palpable? Because you're wrong. She can't stay away. They couldn't stay away from each other. And so what happens is Miles learns there's this society out there. I want to be a part of it. But there's a whole other side to Spider-Man that he doesn't understand yet. That side of canon, that side of as a spider person, 
There are certain things that are written into your destiny that you cannot avoid, that shape you fundamentally as a hero, as a person, as for why you do this and how you live your life. And I'll kind of stop there as far as the story goes, um, because this movie is freaking beautiful. It's it weaves so many worlds, timelines, stories from a Lego verse to freaking Spider-Man animated shows and everything in between homages to Andrew Garfield to Tobey Maguire, um, just telling these universal stories of what it means to be a Spider-Man, the things that they all feel, the things that they share, and then the little things that make them different and stand out. Because even though they're all Spider-Man, they all have their own unique story, and you see how much that influences some of these characters, whether it makes them jaded or whether it makes them more hopeful that they really can save everybody or they can do everything. And those who have truly lost everything and know that a Spider-Man can never lead a fully successful and happy life with other people. Um, And so it really explores in depth, I think, a lot of what the comics kind of go through and the idea of Spider-Man, you know, for as happy and as helpful as he is, he is so alone and it's so hard to do that alone for so long. Um, and so, of course, you know, he gets to you get to bring back in Jake Johnson's Peter Parker. Um, you've got some familiar faces that find their way back. But uh, but Miles, God, Shamik Moore is so good as Miles Morales. Um, the, the voice acting alone, the, I mean, the characterization on their costumes with their eyes and just how emotive they can be with their faces, um, and not even needing to see them. I mean, it's just really, really brilliant stuff. Um, there's an entire team. I'm like, it's like a thousand plus people who all worked on this and who all brought in different animation styles, different spider people, um, weaving it all into one just incredibly expansive tale of the multiverse and what it means to exist there and how your choices have an impact in this giant web. And I'm just going to say it. They've done this so much better than the MCU has handled the multiverse across Loki and WandaVision and Doctor Strange and Ant-Man, Quantumanium. I mean, all those things. I mean, this movie in two hours and 20 minutes, you know, they make more sense of all these variations of the same character, they make sense of understanding these, uh, you know, of course I'm forgetting the name in the MCU now because it's a little more technical than canon events. Uh, But it's pretty similar in the sense that, you know, for your character, there are certain things that are unavoidable. You know, Doctor Strange, you have to lose your hands. You have to lose someone close to you, you know, to really motivate you to study this magic. Um, And so it's, you know, this is totally something you see across all comics. Um, And it's something that I'm sure we're going to see in two weeks in the Flash movie, which I can see why people were kind of comparing these two as far as story goes, because, you know, as a character, understanding your destiny and understanding, you know, what you've experienced, if you could go back and change it, wouldn't you? But what effect would that have on the rest of the multiverse? And, you know, are you allowed to do that and get away scot-free? Um, and obviously I haven't seen the flash, but I, I I have a hard time believing that any superhero movie is going to be better than this one. 
uh, for the entire year. Um, I cannot wait to go back and watch this again. Um, I like really, I was just blown away, reduced to tears. Sometimes found myself just laughing, bellowing sometimes. Um, so many feel good moments. So many moments where Spider-Man is, you know, as a kid, especially, you know, you've got these things that you keep to yourself, these worries, these fears that you don't want to share. You don't think someone might love you the same if they know something about you or that you did, whatever it is. And just so many beautifully poignant moments with Miles' family, with his mother especially. Um, just, God, just fantastic stuff. They really stretched the PG rating a little bit. I'm like looking at it now, I'm kind of surprised that they got a PG rating given some of the language in the movie. But, I mean, we had a packed theater. I was sitting right next to a kid who was probably like 10 years old. He and his family, I'm like, they were loving it, laughing, smiling, giggling, crying at the right time, scared sometimes as well. Um, it just, this is truly, truly a masterful movie. And, you know, to call it just an animated movie is a disservice because I know Guillermo del Toro continues to beat the drum. Animation is filmmaking, it is cinema. Um, it doesn't need to be categorized on its own, especially when something like this stands out so much more than most live action films ever do. Um, the story is universal. It's accessible. It is diverse. It is beautiful. I, I cannot say enough great things about this movie. And I just really hope we don't have to wait five years for a sequel. Cause I mean, this thing is brilliant. This thing is so good. Um, one thing to note, uh, you know, I, we, I saw it in the XD theater at Cinemark, hopped online on Twitter after because I was like, okay, you know, we, we had a couple audio issues as far as our sound mixing went because the very beginning, it's like, okay, I can't quite hear what they're saying when there's a lot of music in the background, and then it shifts, and then you can really hear what they're saying, but the music's kind of toned down. Some of the dialogue is a little echoey. I thought maybe that's just our theater, but people in Iceland and in Norway and all over the country, it seems, are having some issues. Some people are fine. Some people saw a screening in IMAX that seemed to be pretty okay. Um, I don't know if it's like the Dolby formats or things like that. But something to be aware of. If you're not crazy, if you're like, I, I'm kind of struggling to hear them a little bit. Because that was kind of us at the beginning of the film. Uh, but even then, I had a phenomenal time. Um, I definitely will go see this again. Hopefully the audio will be kind of fixed there, but this is like, I'm and knowing everything that's coming out for the rest of the year. I can only really see mission impossible or, uh, you know, maybe Barbie and Oppie, Barbie and Oppenheimer vying for my, uh, film of the summer. But this, this feels like the real start fast X guardians, little mermaid, all those aside. No, this just blew everything out of the water for the entire year across the Spider-Verse, just like into the Spider-Verse, I imagine will will certainly be hovering around my top 10 list by the end of the year. Thank you guys again for listening. I've been waiting. I've been starved for a comic book movie that just makes me feel so excited and so happy about what I saw. Like I just can't wait to not shut up about it. Uh, obviously I won't post any spoilers here, but this is one time where I'm like, you know, I got to figure out a better way to do some audience engagement with you guys just because um, 
I know some of you are fans just like I am of a lot of this stuff, and I'm always curious to hear your thoughts. So I'm working on a way that, you know, I can do a little more interacting with you guys just because I think that'd be fun, number one, and hopefully, too, it can set us up for some great conversations, great recommendations for film, comics, all sorts of stuff. So keep listening in. Really appreciate you guys as always. And go see the Spider-Verse. Not once, not twice, but like five times because I'm sure that's where I'm going to end up at the end of this year. (laughs) Thanks again and you guys have a great afternoon.